Welcome, everyone, to the Innovation Alley uh, podcast. Uh, I'm here with uh, Suzanne Braun, uh, Dustin Revick, uh, and Bryce North, uh, the gentleman from TrapTap. And uh, on today's uh, episode, what we want to do is, is do a follow-up from last year. Now, we had talked about, I guess it was with you, Bryce, we had talked yeah. about uh, Kickstarter campaigns, uh, launching your campaign, and uh, we have one heck of an update. But uh, before we get into it, maybe you know we could talk to the uh, the new viewers. You know what exactly is TrapTap? Yeah, absolutely. So TrapTap, uh, what we like to call it, is your device that makes you a smarter and safer driver. So really, uh, what it looks like is an oversized Oreo cookie that sits on your dash and flashes different colors and tones that reminds you when you're coming close to different speed traps, when you're speeding, any cop mobile radar traps, or even approaching school zones. Excellent. So how did it, you guys come up with this idea? Now it, it, it's it's been uh, the first time I saw it was at uh, one of the startup uh, weekends. So like, yeah. how, how did it how did it grow? Yeah, it started as a, like all good ideas over a couple of drinks uh, between Bryce and I, and we decided uh, you know we've been wanting to do something uh, with uh, North Forge facility in Winnipeg. We wanted to do something in the IoT space for a long time, yeah. and uh, we were just talking about some ideas that we had and. Bryce wanted to try and make his Fitbit uh, remind him if he was coming near a radar trap. So we said, hey, let's let's take a crack at this. And uh, so we latched on to a couple of great engineers locally here. Uh, within a couple of months, we had gone through the Ramp Up Manitoba weekend. We went over to North Forge Fab Lab and ripped out uh, prototypes within, I don't know, 30, 45 days. And awesome. we had something that actually blinked lights and, uh, and it worked. So we thought, <laughs> hey, let's... See if anybody will buy it. So that's it. So that's when we started talking. So we, at that point in time, you guys did the, the campaign. And, and so what is the outcome from that campaign? Success. <laughs> Success. <laughs> Perfect. Right? Yeah, no, it, was, it was quite well. We did um, on Kickstarter, we did about 400000 in wow. pre-sales of the product okay. um, in just about a couple months there. So 60 days. And that was uh, riveting for us. Yeah. That was, it was quite great. And then, then we went to Indiegogo Indemand after, which is a nice online post-Kickstarter um, platform where you actually can have an online uh, store to sell your product. Okay. So either you go Kickstarter and in-demand or then Indiegogo and in-demand. Okay. But again, you can keep that going as long as you want. And we did just over 100,000 USD um, in a couple months on that as well, too, just wow. to continue so sales. So half a million dollars uh, in sales. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, for, so now, the, uh, after that campaign, so that's one heck of a campaign, especially for an IoT device in, in Canada. What happened after that? How do you actually respond to this demand? Yeah, you have a choice, right? I mean, like they see about, was it 70% of campaigns fail? Um, so you had a choice of running away with the money or delivering on that, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we loved our backers. They're great. So we decided to, you know, try to make this happen. So uh, honestly, it was just, you know, heads down, uh, gearing up for production, find the right um, manufacturer for that, the right fulfillment center to take care of that logistic-wise. And uh, I can say successfully, we delivered 5,600 units um, by awesome. uh, by Christmas time uh, of 2016 with so, happy customers out there. Yeah, I got, thank you guys. I got mine, yeah. and it works awesome. It's uh, And you're going to see thing for the, 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 the folks who on the on the screen there. You know, go to the website, check it out. Uh, it's a neat little device. It's not easy to make. Uh, you know, so talk about that, that fulfillment from, from doing a handful of rough prototypes uh, to getting a device that you could fulfill. Like, what were some of the big challenges with, with doing that? Well, we had a lot of challenges, but uh, I mean, basically, there's two categories. There's the manufacturing process, which we, we spent a lot of time on post-Kickstarter campaign. And even during the campaign, as we knew that we were becoming successful, we started really working with our producers locally here, Price Electronics. and and uh, trying to figure out how we're going to be able to 
make these for sort of the price points we need to make them for to make a business out of this uh, and still deliver on these units, mm -hmm. uh, this 5,000 plus units that we had done in the campaign. Uh, but, you know, we, we got the units built, we've got some of them shipped and, and as with every product, software or IoT, like once you get them in the hands of real customers and they're being used, that's when the real fun starts. So, <laughs> so we learned a, a number of great lessons around that. Um, in like how important having the proper infrastructure for customer service and technical support and understanding how to, you know, scale uh, and manage, you know, bugs and, with feature development and all, yeah, all the it, things. You're becoming that, every, that real long-term yeah, business. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Labeling your product as made in Canada so it doesn't get hold up at the border. Yeah, we, <laughs> we might have had a few thousand units held up at the border because go. we forgot to put made in Canada on the boxes. So, I mean, like, <laughs> there's some things we learned along, you know, along the process. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, we're fortunate to have a really good team. We have really good facilities here. We have good, great resources in Winnipeg. So we were able to do, you know, from March 2016 to December 2016, we conceptualized an idea, pre-funded it, and built the prototypes, built the actual manufactured versions, and then got all 5,000 units out the door. So it's pretty good for nine months. Oh, yeah. In incredible. And, and, and to see that, that the whole flow... Uh, you know, from that that ideation, you know, through execution, it's been amazing to see how you guys have done this. So, so what's next? Like, what's the big thing on the horizon for you guys? What are you working on now? Yeah, so biggest thing is uh, sales get so get more units out there. Yeah, uh, focusing on and leveraging between online sales and uh, getting to small test markets for retail and B two B. Okay, in order to you know figure out that market, find how pricing points work. Um, and how to deal with these retailers on a small to a larger scale. And, and you know, first sense is is online sales, direct sales, better than retail? Are there advantages to retail you're finding that that it's enticing? Yeah, I mean, it depends how you look at it, right? I mean, a, a it's more profitable to go online, right? I mean, we have a lot of higher margins for ourselves, mm -hmm. and we can use the money invested with the margins into retailers to um, spend more money finding our customers online, right? So yeah. that cost of customer acquisition is more favorable in our sense. Um, so we've been finding that. But with retailers, you take got to take a look that if you have a product where you just need to get in front of more eyeballs and it's going to sell itself, go to the retail market, right? If you're still learning how to educate and find your offering in the market, maybe eyeballs isn't the right thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, targeted ads online um, for specific users and then come to your page and utilizing your campaigns to make sales might be smart that time being. Yeah. Like now, I, know, I know in the retail world, a lot has changed regarding their uh, their startup programs. So, you know, go back 10 years ago, there's no such thing. You pitched your product and they may or may not take it, it probably on consignment, those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, pick on, on say, uh, Best Buy or, or those kind of organizations. They have these retail startup kind of programs. Uh, are they worth it? Are they worth pursuing and checking out? What do you guys think? I, I think so. I mean, we, we're aware of a, a program where we're in the process of, of uh, going through a program potentially with Best Buy. And uh, it's designed to be favorable to early stage, you know, uh, technology companies to get that technology on the shelves earlier than maybe you'd be prepared for. Yeah. So one of the things that we've learned, or a number of the things that we've learned about retail is there's more that goes into it than just the product. It's our ability to sustain that growth, our ability to, to service the customers and continue to put out a good a good product. And, uh, and you, you don't get that many cracks at the cat when you're dealing with major retail. So um, one of the programs that is really interesting is called uh, Ignite by Best Buy. And, and they do a number of things in that program to try and help reduce the hurdles. And so one of those things is uh, allows us to ship direct to store instead of through their fulfillment centers or 
um, they'll reduce the the payable times from 90 day to 40 day wow. uh, and then you know they'll uh, actually they'll even take your marketing input so six to eight eight percent you'd be paying Best Buy for marketing they'll take it as a convertible note and end up on your cap table so they're they're obviously it's very aggressive, aggressive yeah, at getting into this market and and I think it's very interesting from our perspective and and uh, in terms of entering retail I mean there's a lot of uh, a lot of challenges that we would be going through that you know could could put the company in a bad position. You could certainly outgrow ourselves and, and end up you know as, as a negative situation. But this program, like Ignite, as an example, is is something that we're seriously considering. Perfect. So yeah, it, it's you know, t- taking the thousands of, of sales, you know, growing to tens of thousands mm-hmm. this year. You know, from a, in, in that growth you're going to see over the next year, what does the market look like? Are you, are you pivoting beyond that original focus to other markets or other applications? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, that's something, honestly, we've been looking at here is, you know, where is this TrapTap brand bringing us? And we realize that this device is an entrance into the, the auto-connected um, space of some yeah. sort, right? I mean, this is an entrance product bringing us into some sort of play where we want to integrate with uh, Apple Car, Android Auto, and get into that sort of realm. And, and TrapTap's not our first product with that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll admit that we're still figuring out, what, figuring out what that pathway looks like. But at the same time, it looks pretty clear, uh, I mean, with the, the connected space coming up. Yeah. So, sorry, it's interesting to see because it really the, the, uh, the, the thing um, I, I've seen with you folks over the last uh, year here is it's, it's someone can mistake the business as, as just the, the tap, the oh, IoT yeah. piece. When you look at the, the data set behind in the application, the, the research, the diversity of applications seems mind-blowing. It's, yeah. an, uh, it's not a GoPro. <laughs> it may not exist in five years. It seems to be a whole whack of things this business could be. Um, you know, how do you, how do you decide what those future opportunities are going to be at this yeah, stage? That's a great question. That's something we're still figuring out, but, you know, we're trying to balance, you know, uh, objectives that sort of lock us in from a growth and revenue perspective with long-term opportunities around data. And an example of that is, you know, we've got a lot of interest in other markets, international markets, um, uh, in, and there's one in particular that's really bent on fleet, the fleet side of things, so the commercial side of things. And not just from a uh, getting trap taps in, in commercial vehicles, but from the data that we can pull back from commercial drivers for the companies and for you know, the governments and things like that. Um, in, in, uh, in, I'll give you one example. In South Africa, there's legislation coming into effect that will, uh, that will see all fleet drivers have to basically provide this driving details, these types of, of driving records, to the company and then subsequently to meet demand from the government. And something like TrapTap has the ability to not only do all that, collect that information for the companies, but also provide this, you know, this safety device to the actual drivers themselves. So we feel like there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity that we haven't we've just started to tap into right now. Yeah. Excellent. So now for, to, to make all this happen, so that, you know, the, the campaign, um, I guess really, you know, pushed you into the into the world of, of having a real business, getting all these capabilities going uh, to facilitate that next stage of growth. Uh, what are you guys looking at to to help capitalize, to to finance, to grow? What are the big things you're you're looking at to build the business on that side? Yeah, I guess the biggest thing right now would be that um, the investment round we're looking for help to scale and get to that next point. Um, with that money comes looking at. Uh, Utilizing bigger and better online marketplaces, self draft app, and then again, like I mentioned before, uh, utilizing and finding an entrance of uh, new, uh, I, I guess you want to say product specialists and comes in the card market community mm-hmm. in the retail environment to try, again, like and trial that out and see where that's going. Right, so it's just scaling. Like, that's yeah. that's the biggest. What's point. really interesting about that is when you when you're when you do well on Kickstarter as an example, 
um, you start to get some traction early, you get a lot of opportunities that come out. And, uh, you know, some of those opportunities take an investment on our end. We want to make sure that we can try and leverage all of the really big opportunities that we have available while, you know, over the next, the, for the next 18 months or two years, right? And, and some of those opportunities, like we mentioned earlier, with retail and such, but there's also a lot of opportunities with uh, distribution partnerships and other types of uh, growth-related opportunities that cost money for us to look at. And we just want to essentially focus this year on uh, establishing ourselves and, and establishing this entrance product in, uh, in North America and, and some of the other key markets that we awesome. found. So, you know, knowing what you know now, how is there, are there things you know now that you would have approached the first two, three months differently about, about everything you've done here? Yeah, honestly, uh, production was a huge side of that. Uh, what to expect when, you know, managing uh, orders when it comes down to cash flow, uh, that's a big thing for us. Over-projecting sales, um, uh, being too confident on what we thought we are going to bring in, um, not understanding how the retails are in the holiday season and sales work for Canada compared to the U.S. I mean, it's it's, it's all different. You assume it's going to be the same, but yeah. there are retail and sales gaps. Yeah. So what's an example there? What's the, what is the difference between U.S. and Canada on that? Boxing Day, for instance, um, is slowly declining when we thought it would be one of our best sales. Um, and honestly, Black Friday was. for. Ah, and excellent. Black Friday is the new thing in Canada, and I've started reading a lot about that. Um, it's just, uh, it doesn't exist in the U.S. And the U.S. is our larger market. So we, we invested a lot, hoping we're going to get a lot of sales during that week yeah. when Canada is a secondary or third market for us. So one, one of the things I would have done differently coming out of the success of Kickstarter is uh, started to look for, uh, you know, some mentoring or advisory services from people who've been in this place before. We're doing yeah. it now and we're, we're, we're meeting a lot of great people that if we would have met them six months ago, coming out of this, uh, we would have been able to do a lot more damage on sort of our own selling uh, yeah. and online sales and all that stuff. I mean, we, we know enough about, you know, digital marketing to get by, but when it comes down to it, you're talking about bringing an IO, you know, a single SKU IoT product to market, like there's, there's a lot of sort of nuances there that, you know, we're starting to get a lot of connections with now. And so that would have helped a lot. And, and, and how would you go about finding that? Again, in hindsight, what, mm -hmm. what would you have needed to find those mentors and, and, and see that space? I mean, uh, a lot of it's just going to be reaching out, obviously, uh, trying to find, I mean, you'll always be surprised at how easy it can be to actually get support if you just go out and find people and ask them for it. Yeah. Uh, but having come off a very successful campaign, we had a lot of PR and a lot of uh, like a lot of publicity and a lot of excitement around the company and the product. We still do, um, but at that point, we had people knocking on our doors. We we really could have built a really strong sort of uh, advisory team around the idea of of commercializing this single SKU sort of IoT project because again, it has its own set of challenges which we've been able to navigate but i think it would have been worth its weight in gold six months ago awesome yeah. well again plenty of time to to to, to respond to that challenge mm -hmm. now so uh growth is good uh you're you're, you're going for that next round of investment mm -hmm. uh when we talk again uh, next year uh where do you guys see yourself in, in 12 months what do you what do you look at the, when you look at the business what do you hope to accomplish in the next 12 months uh, great question, well, too. Uh, we definitely can talk when it comes down to revenue number sales, but really what I want to see us have is a significant presence in some sort of brick-and-mortar retail, yeah. um, and this is definitely going to be heavily weighted in the U.S., and um, I really want to see our markets, Australia and Germany, kind of bloom a bit more because um, they are getting a lot, of, a lot of attention out there, and I think we can really excel on that. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think uh, the, the big challenges that I'd like to, to overcome this year are – 
putting together a well-oiled sort of customer acquisition process from a direct customer standpoint, and then marry that to a uh, to some some retail sometime in 2017. Great. Well, looking forward to it. And now for uh, the folks at home, we can go to where to buy a trap tap. TrapTap.com. There we go. That's simple, eh? Perfect. Well, go find it. Go check out the video. It's a, a great, great device. And, and thank you very much, guys, for, uh, for coming down today. Thank, thank you. you. And congratulations. Hey, what a hell of a win. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it.